Hello, and welcome to this episode of Making Disciples with Robbie Gallaty, a resource to equip and encourage leaders to make disciples who make disciple makers. I'm your host, Chris Swain, here with Robbie Gallaty, the pastor of Long Hollow Baptist Church, founder and president of Replicate Ministries. Today on the podcast, we are continuing our series on reading the Bible like, we didn't even know this was going to be a series, yeah. but it's reading the Bible like Jesus. Mm. Looking at how Jesus read the Bible and applying some of those same principles to how we read the Bible. Yeah. And one of the cool things about this uh, accidental series that we thought would be one, why is it we always think we're going to do one podcast on a topic and then three podcasts later we're wondering it why happened. we thought we could squeeze it all into 20 minutes? Well, we're hopeful. <laughs> and it we're, never, it never we're works. Very that way. hopeful. It never works that way. But hey, we all get to benefit from more comp content. So, uh, any time studying the Bible is not wasted time. No, so it's never we're wasted good. time. No, we're it's good. always good. We're it's good. always good. It's just uh, you know we we have high hopes that hey we can knock this out in twenty minutes. People have been talking about this stuff for thousands of years, yeah. but let us squeeze into a yeah. twenty minute podcast. Yeah. Oh, God. Exactly. <laughs> We don't know what we're talking about when it comes to time, but we do know what we're talking about when it comes to studying the Bible like Jesus. Maybe. So just a brief recap. Um, yeah. You kind of navigated and walked through kind of these four different ways we can read the Scripture. Right. And uh, a couple that we covered in the last podcast were Pashat and Ramez. And we're mm. going to, just to summarize those again before we move into the, the next two. Um, yeah. There's, yeah, you go ahead and summarize those. Yeah, two. so let's just recap so we know. Um, what we're studying here is called Jewish hermeneutics. Hermeneutics is just the art and science of biblical interpretation, explaining the text and applying the text. We do this and we learn this in American seminaries. Those listening who went to school or studied hermeneutics, you know this, okay? Mm -hmm. But uh, there's a different approach, similar, but a little different approach that the Jewish culture used, particularly the sages and the rabbis and the teachers of Israel to understand the text, okay? Mm -hmm. Now, we, we can apply this teaching to the life of Jesus, and we can understand what Jesus said. The first century audience did it intuitively. They knew the text, okay? The, the challenge, and I've said this last week for us, is we as New Testament Christians do not know the Old Testament, and therefore we have uh, a shallow appreciation mm -hmm. of the New Testament. Yeah. Okay. So we read, you got to understand the Old Testament Hebrew scriptures, Genesis through Malachi in our Bible, theirs is a little different order, same bo books. The, the, the Bible in the Old Testament was Jewish meditation literature. Mm. Okay. They weren't, they weren't reading to get history lessons. Yeah. That's what we do as Westerners. We go to Genesis and say, well, we're, we don't have all the scientific facts of how the stars were in place and, <laughs> and black holes. Where are black holes? And where are uh, stars that don't make? Yeah. And where's the sound of light? We try to contextualize the Bible to us or eisegesis is what we talked yeah, about. We yeah, talked well, about exegesis last time. Yeah. And you were talking about hermeneutics and the difference between hermeneutics and exegesis. But what you're talking about now is we read the Bible and think, okay, how does this apply specifically to me? What is it saying about me? Exactly. We go to yeah. the Bible looking for what it says specifically about me. Yeah. I mean, think about God. Okay. God is an Easterner. I mean, I don't think God is. <laughs> easy, the culture, easy. I don't know if God's an Easterner. Let us clarify Jesus is an Easterner. Okay. Yeah, that's technically right. <laughs> Jesus is an Easterner. That's right. But let's just say the culture, an Eastern <laughs> right, right, culture. Right. Okay. There you go. That's much clearer. Much clearer, yeah. So the first two chapters of Genesis are the only two chapters that deal with creation. Okay. Now, if, if God was a, or, or, or the nation was a Western nation, then they would have wrote, written like an entire systematic yeah. theology book on creation. Book. Yeah. The there'd first be like, five books of the Bible would be science. Yeah. Books. It'd be a thousand pages <laughs> on proving fossils. Biology, and, chemistry. Yeah. Okay. Here's what's crazy. God spends 
two cha- this is going to blow some people away. God spends two chapters on creation. How much? How long does he spend on the tabernacle? Uh, four books. 14 chapters, 14 on, chapters on making and building the tabernacle. And I think he spends a whole, a whole nother section in Deuteronomy kind of recapping that. So the question is, 14 chapters on how, God, how we should build a, a tabernacle and have a relationship with God, two chapters on creation. So the question is this, is God more interested in how we got here or what kind of relationship we have with him? Option B. Yeah, I'm gonna I'll go with that one B too. Okay, so when we're studying, yeah, when we're studying Jewish hermeneutics, yeah, the 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 technical term in Hebrew the, or the term we're, we study is called pardes, P A R D E S. You go search this online; it's very easy to find. And the reason it's pardes is because there are no vowels actually. Right. So we're adding. We're inferring those ourselves. Yeah. P R D S, and this is basically the the four different levels of understanding. Now, yeah. let me just say, I'm not condoning uh i'm not supporting all these levels i'm right. just presenting the information to yeah, you you're not trying to debate on the side of a certain philosophy you're saying hey here's some information we can use exactly. to grow in how we read yeah and and obviously some people have taken this particularly in the jewish uh community and gone too far with it i think mm-hmm. but you'll see jesus yeah. is a jewish rabbi right. who has at his uh fingertips the ability to do all four of these mm-hmm. And we see all four in the scripture. Right. We're going to see them all. Okay. Okay. So the first part of Pardes is called Peshat. Okay. P Peshat. So P Peshat would be a plain meaning, a literal meaning of the text. Yeah. We said that Peshat is is like expository preaching on Sunday morning by Mm -hmm. pastors, including me. We take a text. We look, we try to uncover the meaning in the text. It's in there. And we teach it to our people. 30,000 foot view most of the time. And uh, there's nothing wrong with this teaching. Yeah. 95%, I would say, of Christian Americans mm. study the Bible this way. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with this. Don't think that you got to go down the levels to grow in maturity right. like, like you're super Christian compared. No, that's not what sure. it is. Like the, like the varsity team's lower and the, and the JV's high. No, it's just the way it is. Okay. So, Peshat, and every scripture should be studied in a Peshat way. Mm. Every scripture. Peshat. You read it, you understand it, you apply it. That's step one. That's step one. Most Christians never get to the second step, which is remez. Now, mm. we get there when the biblical authors make the connections for us, right. which they do from time to time. Or when the editors put that little letter there, and I can just click on no, it. That's true, too. That little that little <laughs> letter, yeah. It saves me a lot of research. That little letter is helpful, yeah, which is, uh, which is the uh, concordance. And, the concordance, yeah, that's right. Concordance or the... Uh, I think a technical term, but the Treasury of Scripture Knowledge right. is a book. Yeah. It does all the connections for you, but those are the obvious ones. Mm. And, and that's Remez. Remez yeah. is when Jesus says something, mm-hmm. okay, and when he speaks, sometimes he's <laughs> quoting directly Scripture from the Old Testament. Almost every time. Oh, no, no, you get ahead of it. But oh, yes, oh, yes. Oh, no, easy, no, no, you get ahead. I was going to say that. Away. No, that's good. <laughs> but most of the time we see it in the text, and this is how you see it. It's bolded by the translator. That's yeah. a translator's insertion. That's not in the original manuscript, mm. okay? But I want to submit to you, and here's something to think about. I believe, and I'm on a mission to prove this. Uh, I've, been, I've been creating a Bible for two years now. It's, it's a long, it's probably a life's work. Now, here. when you say creating a Bible. Okay, let me back that up, yeah. <laughs> I'm not creating a Bible. I know I'm what cre- you're talking about. I am creating a study guide companion you're to the Bible. You're reading the Bible, yeah. and you're making. Let's some get this of these straight. There is one holy Bible. one Bible. I did not write the book. Okay, which is funny. Yeah. I- <laughs> 
<laughs> you know, when I when I talk to young pastors, right. uh, and I've I've done this before too. You know, when you're first starting out in preaching and you're starting to preach and, and you're having some uh, success or effectiveness in preaching, there's a level of pride and arrogance that comes with preaching the word. Mm-hmm. Everybody goes through this. I, I know I did. And somebody stopped me one time and said, "Hey, man." There's no room for pride and arrogance in preaching because you're preaching about a book you didn't write. There you go. You're not the author. There you go. So stop taking credit like you came up with some great insight. You know, this is God's word and God's book. Okay. So uh, what I would get to is Remez. Okay. Remez is the connections between old and new. Okay, we talked about this last time. Jesus, uh, I think, and I said this last time, Mm -hmm. I think every single time Jesus opens his mouth, he is making a remez to something. Hmm. He's connecting to something. Remember, the Bi- and why would, he, why would he not? The Bible says, in the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, the Word was God, the Word became flesh and dwelt the most. Jesus not only lived the Word, hmm. he spoke the Word, he embodied the Word. Yeah. Okay, he's all Word. Yes. He's all Torah. Okay. So the remezes are easy when they're bolded. They're not easy when you don't see them. So when you make the remez, so part two is remez. The third part is drosh. So yeah. remez would be... Uh, another way to say it is hint or connection, right. or um, another way to say it would be like uh, sending back to. Yeah. The drosh, and we'll spend most of the time on this today, the drosh is basically the hidden meaning, in a mm-hmm. sense. It is the, uh, it is the sermon. It, it would be the truth, but you have to work to find it. Mm. It's not going to be plain in the text, because here's how you find the drosh. You have to take the Peshat reading, you have to find the remez, and I'm talking particularly here in the context of parables. Mm-hmm. You find the remez, which is a connection to the Old Testament. We'll give an example in a minute. And then you take the drosh, which is the Peshat remez teaching combined. Mm. Most Christians never get to this point. Now, let me yeah. just say, some of this is subjective. Right. The problem with Jesus is, or the challenge when we read about Jesus is, mm-hmm. he doesn't give us the manual with the key in the back. He doesn't say, when I'm saying to Zacchaeus, I've come to seek and save the lost. Mm -hmm. He doesn't say, oh, by the way, guys, that's Ezekiel 34, when in the Old Testament, it was God who came and seek to -hmm. save the lost. And he sang without saying, that's me. We'll Mm -hmm. come back and talk about the other one. Let's take a brief break, and we will clarify some of these things. Well, I want to tell you today about Replicate, a new book coming out written by Pastor Robbie Gallaty and myself, Chris Swain, Replicate, how to create a culture of disciple-making right where you are. Over the last few decades, American churches have produced plenty of converts, but not as many mature believers. Studies show the majority of Christians don't even understand the basics of faith. But how do you tackle such a big problem? So we undertook writing this book to help churches and believers everywhere make disciples, and create a culture of disciple-making right where they are. We're excited today to announce a brand-new website called replicatebook.com where you can go find out more information about the book and pre-order it for some special bonus material. That's replicatebook.com. And we're back. We're talking about some weird words, honestly. I think the only thing that throws me off in this study is the weirdness of the words. Yeah. Um, when we say Peshat, we're really meaning surface level. Um, which is surface level is often given a a bad connotation. Well, that's just surface level. Well, the reality is we have to understand what that means. Yeah. (laughs) We need to know that Jesus wept means Jesus cried. I mean, that's the surface level, (laughs) right? Right, right, right. Yeah, right. We need to at least make that connection. Then we move into the Ramez. We see those connections to the Old Testament. And that's critical, too, because that's when we that's what I would say is a typical Bible study 
for anyone who's looking to go quote unquote deeper. Yep. You know, they're reading the word, they're seeing what the Bible says, and then Ramez is like they're seeing, okay, I'm I see what Jesus is saying here, and wow, look at this. He also, you know, he's taking this from Deuteronomy and he's reiterating it to these people here and making this connection to who he is now. And then there's this one further step. So just as a warning to those listening, you know, our focus is not to get you so caught up and knows so deep in the Bible that you're not paying attention to the lost people uh, who live next to you, those who live around you, to the mission Christ has called us to. On the other hand, we believe that the more you know Christ, the more you love Christ, the more you love Christ, the more you obey him. And by obeying him, I mean obeying the Great Commission. I believe a lot of the reason people don't share the gospel and they don't go outside the walls of their house or their church with the gospel is because they don't truly truly understand and know what Jesus has called us to do. So it's a both and, and obviously they were talking about that next step, that next level. So just to clarify for those listening who might be a little bit uh, skittish when it comes to, you know, uh, why should I study the Bible and try to get more knowledge? Well, and discipleship gets a bad rap anyway yes. because they think, uh, you know, part of the tribe, and if you're listening, I would assume you're part of our discipleship tribe. Right. They think that's all we want to do is sit in a room, read the Bible, memorize Scripture, and sing songs, and right. that's it, you know what I mean? And it's way more than that, obviously. Right. But it's never less than that. Mm. So it's never less than Bible study. Right. Jonathan Edwards in the in the Great Awakening, First Great Awakening, uh, saw expressions of the move of the Holy Spirit. And he was mm. trying to figure out how does revival happen? What is true revival? Yeah. Like what sparks revival? So here's a man in the midst of revival diagnosing revival. And he mm. wrote a book called Religious Affections. Now, what's interesting about this book is it was the first book David Platt and I read together in our discipleship group. And if you know anything about Jonathan Edwards, He's not exactly uh, bathroom reading, I would say. You know, He's not, not surface <laughs> He's level. He's not Peshat, yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, so here I was struggling. But here's what Edwards said. Edwards came to the conclusion that in order to see a move of God, don't miss this, you need to have your mind's attention set on the Word of God and your heart's affection will follow. That's what he said. Mind's so, intention, heart's affection. Yeah, mind's attention on the Word of God. The more you know about God mentally, intellectually, your heart's affection will follow. Mm. And so what he believed is you can minister to the head, which motivates the heart. Okay, right. so let, let's get into some of this to show you how it yes, works. Yes, six minutes. Drosh, let me just, yeah, we'll be probably, yeah, I see where this we is going. We can do it, we can do it. Okay, Drosh is subjective, mm-hmm. and it's meant to be studied in a group. Now, don't, don't fire at the messenger here when mm-hmm. I say this line to you, because I know some of you are going to say, that's the craziest thing. Yeah. And it's crazy for us because we're Westerners. Right. We don't think this way. But Western Christians, when we study a passage, we have to know what the passage means and how it applies to our life, or we can't move on. Mm. When we have a book with blanks filled in, or go to a conference with a workbook and blanks are there, what do we need to happen? We need to know every single fill-in from that workbook, or we have failed. Yes. Have you ever been to (laughs) Yeah. We've been to conferences where people have come up, and I'm the worst at this when I speak on it, and some of you probably can guess, but... Uh, I'll always miss a blank or two, and I'll have a line of people sometimes. Hey, what was the third blank in Part C of uh, your your second illustration? You know, I'm like, I I can't, and it's like they have to have the blank. Without this blank, this is incomplete, and I can't use. Yeah, any that's of it. the Western mind. Okay, the Eastern culture, you got to understand, doesn't just study for information. The goal of the study, the 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 goal of study is just wrestling with the topic. They're okay with not finding out information about or, or finding out uh, getting a conclusion mm. through the study. They're okay with having open-ended questions and a discussion that didn't finish, yeah. and they're okay with that mm. because the goal 
is to dialogue about the scripture. And yeah. they believe God's glorified mm. when we are talking and thinking and wrestling with the scripture. Okay, gotcha. so let me give you a couple examples. Let me give you one example that is apropos for discipleship. Okay, go with me to Matthew. It's going to surprise you now. Oh, boy. Matthew 28, 16 through 20. It's going to be a new scripture for us. Matthew 28, 16 is a new scripture. Do I need to read such scripture? That's a scripture? joke. That's not a new scripture. Okay, read, uh, read for me um, verse 18 on. Okay. Jesus came near and said to them, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe everything I have commanded you. And remember, I am with you always to the end of the age. Okay, now... Naturally, this is the Great Commission. Uh, right. We look at it through the lens of the New Testament. Mm -hmm. We're looking back from new to old. So it is about taking the gospel to the nations. It yes. is about m discipling people. It is about baptizing. I've preached sermons. You've heard them. Uh, there's two commands, three participles, right? Or some of you may not have heard, but yes. there's a second command in verse 20. It says, and behold, I'm with you. That's right. a command. But, but basically you've heard the command is make disciples mm -hmm. and the command is held up by the three participles of going, baptizing, and teaching. That's right. All of that's great. It's all Peshat. Mm -hmm. Great stuff, all Peshat. So that's surface. Everything you just said is surface level. Yeah, and you, even yeah. drilling down deep and saying yeah. the word disciple is mathetes yeah. or mathetes. Yes. Uh, it's used 238 times in the gospel. I mean, 238 times in the gospels, 269 times in the New Testament. Mm. Uh, it's the same word where we get the root word mathematics. Uh, it means discipline and learn. I mean, you go deep like that, and that's still Peshat. Mm. Remez happens when you, okay, so here's how you do remez. You're reading in, and you can do this with a, with a software called Blue Letter Bible. Maybe we okay. can put that in the show notes. Sure. And what you're going to do is you're going to take sections of when Jesus speaks and you're going to put them into the Blue Letter Bible, mm -hmm. and the Blue Letter Bible will give you a connection to the Old Testament. So you put in the phrases, yeah. you hit Old Testament, and it'll search for them. I'm going to uh, do the heavy okay. lifting for okay. you. Okay. So let's start with verse 18. Yes. And uh, let's go to Daniel 7.14. That's the first insight we see. Okay. Daniel 7.14 was a passage about the future. The future Messiah. This is yeah. a messianic passage, okay? Got it. Daniel 7, 14, read that for us, and I want you to see if you can see the yeah. connection But verse 18. He was given dominion and glory and a kingdom so that those of every people, nation, and language should serve him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion that will not pass away, and his kingdom is one that will not be destroyed. Okay, what is that? What, if you could summarize that one section with one word, what would you say? This uh, Messiah will have kingdom. Oh, uh, kingdom is going to be the word, but yeah, dominion another word. would be the other word. Okay, authority. Authority would be the third. Third word. word. Okay, but actually, it'd be the first word. Because I get three strikes. Yeah, yeah, so I'm yeah, good. That's I'm good. good. You're good. Thank so we goodness. got it. We got it. Kingdom. It <laughs> means same thing. When you have a king, he, right. he's in the control. When okay. you have dominion, you're in all control. Now go back to the Great Commission. Jesus yes. says, "All authority has been given." To me, okay, that was prophetically said in Daniel. Hmm. But what Daniel also said was, you're going to have dominion so that every people, nation, and language would serve you. Now, the word nation is an interesting word. It's the word goyim, hmm. which is the word that means Gentiles. That's how they would have heard it. It's the, it's wow. the Greek word ethne. I get okay. that. But in the Old Testament, they called them goyim or, or Gentiles, okay? Hmm. They would have they been, that was a provocative statement. Because remember, these Jews are more introspective. They're yeah. more inclusive. They 
stay away from the nations. They don't marry the nations. They don't eat with the nations. And now Jesus says, no, 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 it's way All bigger. Nations. It's way bigger. We're going to the Gentiles, but that's exactly what Daniel said. Mm. Daniel said, all, all authority or all dominion so that every people, every nation will serve him. Okay, mm. let's go to the end, Isaiah 7, 14. Isaiah, go to the end of the passage. Well, mean. yeah, I want you to remember this line. I will be with you always to the end of the age. So go to gotcha. Isaiah 7, 14, and you'll see another insight here. Um, that's not right. Is that not right? No, it's not right. I was going to say. That, but That is a good passage, by the way, but that is not... <laughs> That's not the connection passage. That's not the fabric. connection passage. Okay, go with me to, here's the one. I know okay. this one works. 2 Chronicles 36, 23. 2 Chronicles 36. I don't even know why I have Isaiah in here. I don't either, but it was wrong. It was wrong, yeah. But, but the cool thing is I can scratch it. So uh, uh, 2 Chronicles 36, uh, 23 okay. is where we're going to go. Now, here's what's interesting. The Jewish Bible, mm -hmm. which is the Hebrew Scriptures, mm -hmm. are the same books as our modern Old Testament. There's one big difference. It's all the same books. Hmm. Which is the argument I have for people who tried to say, we have, you know, why don't we have, like the Roman Catholic Bible, which I was yeah. raised with, had 73 books hmm. compared to 66 books. So they add six or seven books, depending right. on where it is. I actually have 13 books. But uh, they say, you're wrong, we're right. And my response to them is, the very people who wrote the Bible, in hmm. a sense, to the Jews, from the Jews, about their culture, only recognize the Old Testament books that we have in our Bible, which are 39. They mm. don't even recognize the Apocrypha. Hmm. Okay? That's another sermon for another day. Okay. Another another so day. the final, the, the major difference between the Hebrew Bible and the modern Old Testament Bible we have today is the order. Okay. They don't break it down from Genesis to Malachi, and you can study it. It's called the Tanakh. Mm -hmm. Torah, Nevi'im, Prophets, Ketuvim, Writings. Okay? The final, and this is going to make so much sense, the final book in their Bible mm -hmm. is not Malachi, it's what? The final book in their Bible is... Look at your screen. Oh, boy. Second Chronicles. Get bingo. Yes. Bingo. I knew, bingo. I knew that okay. one. You're already there. Okay. So here's what I want you to remember. The final words that resonated in their mind in mm. their Old Testament Bible, mm. which was collated with the Septuagint about 100, uh, 150, 100 B.C., was, was this verse, and they knew this verse by heart. It's the final words of God okay. in their Bible. I want you to read it. It's from a king to mm. the people. This is what King Cyrus of Persia says. The Lord, the God of the heavens, has given me all the kingdoms of the earth. Stop right there. J let, me, let me read it parallel because we don't yeah. have time. Jesus all right. said, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Keep reading. Mm. And has appointed me to build him a temple at Jerusalem in, Ju in Judah. Okay, Jesus says, go therefore and make disciples of all nations. He's, mm. They're saying Jerusalem and Judah. But th th in the Old Testament, it was a temple. In the New Testament, it's a people. Here's how you think of it. If you're taking notes, you can write this down. In the Old Testament, God built a temple for his people. Mm. In the New Testament, God built a people to be his temple. Mm. So what we're going to do is we're going to advance the mission of God, not with buildings, but with a movement of people, wow. witnesses. Keep going. Any of his people among you may go up, and may the Lord his God be with him. Yes, and how does Jesus finish? I, I will, will be, be with, with you all. Oh, okay, so That's here's the thing. <laughs> so the great commission of the Old Testament hmm. is Second Chronicles 36, 23, wow. and it parallels exactly the Great Commission. Awesome. And I think the drosh is we just connect it and mm -hmm. say, okay, based on these connections, yeah. we have Daniel prophesying about the Messiah mm. who will reach all nations. He's going to have dominion and authority. Jesus proves that. And then we have this uh, insight to the nation. You're not going to build a temple. 
You're going to build a movement mm. with witnesses through people for the nations, awesome. and it's not just for Israel. It's for the world. We need to come up with a preaching and teaching matrix that moves you through the Pardes. Oh, man, if we can do that. A legitimate one. But we, we need to we finish up. Even well, we need to sowed. summarize. Well, we can summarize so Okay, so you'll finish so We can finish so There's one time quickly, we see so in the Bible. One time. One time, really. I mean, there may be more. Yes. In the New Testament, I'm mindful of when Jesus takes the disciples on a short-term mission trip to Caesarea Philippi mm-hmm. for the midterm exam. Hmm. He at, And this is, well, I wish I had more time yeah. on this. But he asked them a question. And he says, who do people say that I am? John the Baptist, Elijah, one of the prophets. And then he says, a pointed question, who do you say that I am? Hmm. And Peter says, you're the Christ, the son of the living God. He right. gets it right. Everybody's clapping. Jesus says, you didn't know that. The, the reason you knew that, Simon Barjona, is because, hmm. and you shall be called Peter, he says. But the reason you knew that is because my Father in heaven gave it to you. Sowed is given by God. Mm-hmm. It's something we can't teach or learn or right. understand. It's it's an insight by God right. based on who he is and what he said that God gives yeah. you. And many of us know we have experiences yeah. like this. Right. And we want to be And it's be very subjective. And careful. Yeah, because we're not saying subjective. people are saying God yeah. told me. We, that's, I, that's I would that's argue not what you're saying. not studying to get to that point. Just know that that's very no, rare. We no. see one example of it in Scripture, but we do need to be aware of it. Yeah, but God does give insights. Absolutely, I'm very careful to say God said to me right. or God spoke to me because sure. I mean I, w- I would say God impressed upon me. Mm. I feel the leading of the Lord. Yeah, I in think this. people have experienced that who are yeah. listening to this podcast. Yeah. So, as always, uh, we have more to say than time that we have on the podcast. But thanks for joining us. If you wouldn't mind, share with a friend. Send them a text and s- right now and say, "Listen to Making Disciples with Robbie Gallaty." You can share the podcast wherever you get your podcast and give us a rating if you get the opportunity on whatever podcast service you're listening right now. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Making Disciples with Robbie Gallaty. If you don't mind, take a moment to subscribe and share the podcast. You can find out more about disciple making, resources related to disciple making, and our customized training on our website at replicate.org.